0: You mean The Novelty?
1: Welcome to The Novelty, a podcast dedicated to books.
0: Not just the Western male-centric books from your high school lit class. We also read books
1: by women, people of color, and from around the world. We'll dive into literary technique and character analysis,
0: but don't worry, We aren't afraid to spill the tea and give our
1: unfiltered opinions. Together, we'll redefine the classics. Will today's pick stand the test of time? Keep listening to find out. Hi, friends. Hello.
0: Oh, I was talking to our listeners, not you.
1: Okay, I'll just leave then. (laughs) Are you drinking any caffeine today? Because that's our claim to fame novelty.
0: Yeah, I am on my, like, fourth cup of coffee today, which is not great, but, I mean...
1: <laughs> gotta do what you gotta do.
0: Also not great because our podcast name is The Novel Tea, not The Novel Coffee. It's okay. Whatevs. I forgive you. What about you?
1: It's like 8,000 degrees here, so
0: I am drinking a smoothie,
1: which has no caffeine.
0: You could have gotten an iced tea, the
1: I don't like iced tea.
0: Neither do I. The more you know. Speaking of
1: more you know, would you like to know more about us? Because that's what this episode is. So we have some questions for each other that I don't think I actually know the answers to some of these about you, now. And we also asked you all online questions that you are curious about. So we'll go through some of those now.
0: Yeah, and if you'd like to post a question for us to answer in a future Get to Know Us episode, follow us on Instagram at thenovlete.pod.
1: So before we get to the questions, we wanted to share with you a little bio about ourselves. I'm Shruti. I am in my late 20s. I live in Brooklyn in New York, as I may have shared before. I've been reading since I was able to (laughs) in preschool or kindergarten, or I don't know when children learn to read actually, but I am currently a resident surgery resident. I moved here a while ago for med school. I've been doing my residency now, and it's tiring, but it's fun, and it has a lot of ups and downs, and that's kind of my non-reading life. Who about you? So
0: my name is Neha. When I'm not reading, I am architecting. I am an architect in the Pacific Northwest. Although most of my projects currently are located in Texas, I specialize in educational buildings and architecture, which is pretty fulfilling, I would say. When I started to read, I think it was a little bit later, I, for some reason, like despised reading up until I think I was like the third grade, maybe. I just refused to do it. My mom would literally punish me by asking me to read. Oh my gosh. But eventually I... Started to get into it, fell in love with a couple books, and then I just couldn't stop. And Shruti and I met when we were 13, I think, 12 maybe. Oh. We were in the seventh grade. We both moved to India the same year in 2006. We went to the same school together. And I'm not sure how we initially bonded, but I think we both quickly realized that we both liked reading. I would say through middle school and high school, we read. A lot of the same books
1: I think we bonded over Harry Potter
0: yeah probably I would yeah I wouldn't put that past us but yeah we basically just I would find a book I'd be like you have to read it I'd give it to Shruti she would read it and she would do the same thing and we would just talk about those books so we've been doing this for 15 years
1: we were doing it before podcasts were cool
0: the OG mm-hmm.
1: yeah that's a little bit about us. all right on to some questions The first question is, what is your go-to comfort read? It could either be a book or a genre.
0: I'm going to pick a genre and that's young adult fiction. What's an example of a good young adult fiction that I love?
1: You like John Green?
0: Yeah, like anything by John Green. freaking love John Green. Follow him on TikTok. Love him over there and his brother too. Also, I think If I had to pick, like, a book in mind that I grab for pretty often, it would be Ready Player One by Ernest Cline. What about you?
1: I am not a huge fan of YA, and I am ambivalent about John Green books. But I think, for me, I love mystery novels, murder mysteries. Like Agatha Christie. Yeah. I think if I have a lot of clutter in my mind or I feel like I'm not going to be able to pay full attention to like a new story that kind of format and story is very compelling to me so I don't know they're cozy they're always like in little English villages and like it's never malicious it's just somebody who was old anyways and rich and someone was going to inherit something and y- you know it's not that realistic and so it's fun to try and figure out the mystery
0: yeah, I am not a fan of mystery novels. Well, here's the thing, is I will read them and I will enjoy them. But my definition of like like a book that will become a favorite book is a book that I know I can read a hundred times over. And mystery books, like you can't really do that because once you know who the killer is, you know who the killer is and that kind of ruins the book for you. But I could see why it would be like a good distraction type of book.
1: Yeah, and I definitely still have my favorite books that are super comforting to read, like Harry Potter, Pride and Prejudice. But I think for genres, I'm like almost always good with a murder mystery.
0: This question came from an Instagram follower. She asked,
1: what is your favorite ambiance when reading? Hmm. I think it's going to be kind of boring. I like sitting on my couch. I think I always... Aspire to read outside. Like, I want to take a picnic blanket or read on the bench, but it just something gets in the way. Like, there's bugs, or it's too hot and you're in the sun, or if you're sitting on a bench, it gets uncomfortable after a while. If you're on the ground, you can't rest your back. So, I aspire to that aesthetic, but I think in reality, it's the living room.
0: Yeah, for me, it's similar. I think if I was to answer this question and I was like an influencer trying to like sell my vibe to people, I would just lie and say like, oh yeah, I love reading my book in my balcony with the view and an iced coffee and like the vibes are immaculate out here. But in reality, I get the most reading done right when I wake up and I am too lazy to get out of bed. I will like just reach over, grab my book and just read until I'm hungry for breakfast. And that's like A great way to start my day, too, because I'm, like, just – it just feels good, I guess. But, yeah.
1: Okay, the next question is also from an Instagram follower. What was a movie that was better than the book? I think my answer is pretty easy.
0: Lord of the Rings.
1: Okay. Have you read Lord of the Rings?
0: I haven't read The Hobbit, but I've read the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And – I will say that I did watch the movies first, which maybe affects my opinion. I grew up watching the movies because I was probably a little bit too little to really understand the complexity of the book and the writing style when I was that young. But I did start reading them later, probably when I was 13 or 14. But the movies are just better. Yeah. What about you?
1: I think Breakfast at Tiffany's was better than the book. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that many people have read the book, but... It's by Truman Capote, who is a very good writer. His book, In Cold Blood, I thought was amazing. But Breakfast at Tiffany's, I think, is a novella. And it's fine. There's nothing special about it. But I think the movie kind of elevates it and adds to it a little more.
0: Mm-hmm. Going off of that, what is your favorite movie adaptation of a book?
1: I might be able to think of a better answer if I have more time. but. I think I would say The Hunger Games. Hmm. The first one. I don't know about the sequels. I think it did a pretty good job of capturing the important elements of the book. They didn't try to glamorize it the way that movies sometimes do when they're basing it off of books. They took a lot of the political issues and commentary and kept that.
0: Yeah. Where do you think they missed in the other movies?
1: I think the other movies, I think they were less... Complete by themselves, which is a kind of part of what happens when it's a series. But the books still felt like they were complete, but linked. But I think with the movies, it it felt like the second and the third ones were a little bit dead space filler in the movies and weren't like they didn't follow a nice arc within each movie. Hmm. What about you?
0: When I say this answer, I'm not saying that the movie is better, but I love the movie but I also love the book equally and I think it's the princess bride
1: I was thinking of that one
0: the book is so good it's like top 10
1: favorite books but the movie is also like equally great you know what's interesting about that one I feel like the book and the movie are very different Mm -hmm, they are they follow the same general story and plot points but the vibe is so different yeah I think that's why I love it because it's like yeah Book is so good, movie's so good,
0: very different. Yeah. Just the classic.
1: I think that's something that good adaptations do is they pick out certain elements or themes that they want to expand on or highlight because you can't get everything right. So I like it better when you get a couple of things really right and don't focus on the other things rather than just a mediocre job of everything, which unfortunately a lot of adaptations do. Um, our next question also from Instagram what do you do for fun when you're not curled up with a book
0: my life's pretty boring (laughs) my fiance and I really like to play video games or board games but I think since we've moved to the Pacific Northwest we've been spending a lot of time outdoors more so we like to go on hikes and we love to kayak what about
1: you I like exploring Trying out different places, going to museums. I like trying out different restaurants, different cuisines, different places to eat. I'm just hanging out with friends and family. Same thing.
0: Yeah, like, just having like quality time and like having fun with with people that you care about. Honestly. Yeah. All right, this can be a loaded question. Okay. Harry Potter book ranking from best to worst. Okay, this is a difficult question. I mean, we could do a whole episode on this question.
1: We could do a whole season, probably.
0: We could just make an entire podcast about Harry Potter, honestly.
1: I know, and add to the thousands of other Harry Potter podcasts out there. Okay, I think my favorite is the fifth one, Order of the Phoenix.
0: That's insane to me.
1: It's so good.
0: That's, like, (laughs) literally insane to me.
1: (laughs) But why? Because... It's really funny. Fred and George are at their peak. It has a lot of development because the end of the fourth book is when things really start to get serious, but it's the end, so you can't explore any of that there. And then the fifth book is all, it's very interior about Harry and what he's going through. And you also get, I think you see more of Hermione and Ron's character growth. I think up until the third and fourth book, like they're not stagnant as characters, but they fit into their like child molds, right? Like I think people develop personalities more as they get older. I think the fifth book is where you start to see a lot more of that even in Hermione and Ron. Mm. You're like, I still think that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean
0: I um, could see why, but also at the same time, like that book is the longest one. And then
1: I know it's the most meat.
0: No, is it though? Is yeah. All right, continue.
1: Um. Okay, my second favorite is the seventh one, Deathly Hallows. Then Chamber of Secrets. Oh. Then Half Blood Prince. Then Philosopher's Stone.
0: Wait, really? Yeah. What was wrong with the Philosopher's Stone?
1: Nothing was wrong with it. I just, if I choose to pick up a book, I'm not as likely to pick up the first one as like the sixth or the seventh or something then Goblet of Fire. <gasps> I know, I'm going to get a lot of hate for these last two because Prisoner of Azkaban at the bottom. Okay, I'm resigning now. Don't send me any more hate mail.
0: <laughs> I'm like literally speechless. The woman <laughs> was too stunned to speak. <laughs> All right, let me explain mine first. I think based off maybe my, my reaction, as you can guess mine. Number one, Goblet of Fire,
1: 100%. What?!
0: Yeah, that's like the best.
1: Oh, it's like almost the worst.
0: That's the most fun one. Like, that's when all the drama Isn't between it? Harry and Ron, and it's like I the you drama. right foul, get that whole thing. And God. like, all the tournament games were so fun. And I don't think the movie did it justice at all. That's like the, the movie ranking is like a whole other.
1: Yeah, well, let's not even get into that. Movies are a whole separate issue.
0: I know. So yeah, the fourth one is my favorite book.
1: Wow. Crazy.
0: I know. And the second favorite book is probably The Sorcerer's Stone or Philosopher's Stone,
1: however you want to say it. But I could also re-rank mine and put that one second as well.
0: I will say that the reasoning why is because solely of nostalgia. That Mm -hmm. one just gives me good feels. It just makes me feel good. Third would probably be The Half-Blood Prince. That book just gives all of the context that you are missing in the first five books. Yeah. And so it's just, like, interesting, like, just to hear all the backstories of all these characters that were important. And then fourth would be Chamber of Secrets.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I liked the buildup of Chamber of Secrets is because they're still kind of living in, like, this, like, oh, Hogwarts, magic, cool, fun. And then at the end of Chamber of Secrets, you're like, oh, Tom Riddle is Voldemort. Mm -hmm. And so I I like the buildup of that book a lot. And then the fifth, I think, would be Deathly Hallows. It wasn't my favorite book. It's definitely the most sad.
1: You didn't like Deathly Hallows?
0: It's, like, it's fit-ranked five, so it's not, like, the worst it's just too sad. So I don't, Mm -hmm. it's a good book, but it just makes me cry every single time I read it. So I don't really like pick it up that much. And I didn't like Order of Phoenix. That one's last for me.
1: Wow. Yeah. You didn't like the drama with like Dumbledore's army and Umbridge and all of that?
0: No, I did. I I like all of them. But (laughs) Order of Phoenix, I think was just the most boring.
1: I mean, okay, if you cut out the beginning part, I think a lot of this stuff when Derek Grimald plays gets a little boring. But after that, it progresses pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, that's true. But it's also – Order of Phoenix is kind of scary. Mm-hmm. Like, with all, like, body switching and yeah. the snake and, like, all that stuff. It just kind of, like, makes me feel like – like, gives me the heebie-jeebies. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, we're both going to be cancelled for putting Prisoner of Azkaban that low. Is Prisoner like a... I think like it's a fan favorite. Yeah.
0: I will say I enjoyed the movie. Is it because
1: people like the movie? Probably. Maybe. It's just
0: like a filler book for me.
1: Yeah, me too. That's it. I guess, how, I guess that's the How is the story... your favorite book, the one where Sirius
0: dies? Like, that's so sad.
1: I know, but I like sad endings, I think.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on before we literally start fighting.
1: Yeah, I have a lot more to say, so let's just can it right now. Okay, our next question is from social media again. This is your first impressionable book. I think the first book that made an impression on you.
0: This book is really easy for me to name because I distinctly remember hating reading. I picked up this book and I inched through it for like probably four or five months before I was like, you know what, let me actually read this book. Read it fell in love with it and I was like, holy crap, reading is incredible. And that book is Holes by Lewis – I don't know how to pronounce his last name – Satcher.
1: You know what's strange is that book was such a weird concept. Like the story is weird, but it's so good.
0: I know. I think that's like why it intrigued me so much where I was Mm -hmm. like, what is happening? Like what is this world? And I like, I like reading.
1: (laughs) Doors opened. Yeah, basically. (laughs) What about you? I don't know if I can pinpoint the first book that like made me fall in love with reading. I really liked Enid Blyton books and Nancy Drew, but those were still kind of like kid books. I think the first adult book I read was Aragon, and I loved it. I remember being obsessed. I was like, my friends and I would read it and then we'd come to school and talk about it and then we'd go home and reading it.
0: That was me that you're talking about.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I actually read it before I read Harry Potter. I think I was very much like, I'm not like other girls. Like, I don't read Harry Potter. That
0: lasted like
1: 10 seconds
0: and then you're like, oh my
1: God. (laughs) Yep. Um, But that book was really good.
0: Yeah. I mean, the whole series was so good. And I remember... When the first book came out and when the last book came out, because I remember we were both reading it as the books were coming out. For me, Harry Potter, I caught up with it for the first time when I was on the fifth book. So I don't know what year that was. Mm. I only had to wait for two books. But Aragon, like I had to wait for all of those books to come out. Yeah. To the next question, which is also from Instagram. What's a popular book that you hated?
1: hated is a strong word Mm -hmm. on the last season we did the last white man which i might use the word hate for i really disliked it but if we are broadening hate to dislike i didn't like normal people by sally rooney and that is a huge favorite and I'm surprised I didn't like it because a lot of people who enjoyed it read similarly to me. People say that she makes a lot of interesting commentary on class and wealth differences. And she kind of does, but the the characters just felt bland and I wasn't rooting for them. You have to, I think, have a character that you root for, or at least you want to know what happens to them. Yeah,
0: I haven't read that one. I've seen it. It's pretty popular. Mm-hmm. same I don't think there's any book that I really actually hate because like you said hate is a strong word however I think this is just a book that was like just all over bookstagram that I was very influenced to buy and then read it and I was like Meh. it's anxious people by mm-hmm. Frederick Backman he's written so many books since then too like mm-hmm. he I see whole sections that are just for Frederick Backman but Yeah, I just, I think I just, like, missed the mark on, like, the funny parts of the book, and people were, like, oh, I was, like, laughing out loud, but I was, like, I wasn't.
1: That's how I felt with normal people. I was, like, did I miss something? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. But actually, that reminds me, because it reminds me of a man called Ove, Ovi, which I actively didn't like. It was very predictable and too cheesy. And overly trite, mm. and reductive.
0: Keep going. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'll stop. <laughs> I guess we could say it now. It's kind of related. The a book that you don't understand the hype with.
0: Okay, I think it's any Colleen Hoover book. I'm gonna get so much hate for saying that. Oh my god, I'm scared.
1: But I, I don't think you're in that much of a minority.
0: Really, I feel like everybody loves her so much. I don't think she's like bad author or anything it's just that the crowd's problem where everybody has hyped her up so much that i just my expectations were way too high and then i was like this is fine what about you
1: a court of thorns and roses Mm. which i also am gonna get a lot of hate for this but it's just fine yeah like there's nothing there's nothing wrong with it the writing is fine
0: I think people read those books for the spice, though.
1: There's no spice in the first one. So that's a lot of reading to do just to get (laughs) to, like, the third book.
0: Maybe it's like, oh, the payoff is worth it kind of thing. I don't know why I'm trying to defend it, but...
1: Maybe. It just wasn't for me, but...
0: I'm just just trying to save you from all the people that are going to be sending you death threats. Thanks. What's a book that you wish everyone would read?
1: I think... I mean, on a wishful thinking scale, I would say War and Peace.
0: Mm, It's a big ask.
1: I know. That's why it's not my actual answer, because I know that very few people have read it or ever will. People may not want to, which is fine. I think my actual answer, since War and Peace is too big of an ask, is also by Tolstoy. It's The Death of Ivan Ilyich which is much shorter. It's like barely 90 pages. Oh, really? Um,
0: I should read that. I haven't read it. Yeah,
1: It's almost a short story, but it's a little longer. So I think it's a novella. It's fiction, but it feels very real. I mean, the story's in the title. The beginning, he dies, and then the rest of the story backtracks. It talks about his life and his illness and his relationships with people. And I couldn't even tell you why I think it's such a good book, but Tolstoy is a really good writer and he has such an amazing grasp of the human mind and how feelings and thoughts and all of those things work. And I think it made me think a lot about death, not in a tragic way, but just in the way of like, what is the purpose of life or like, what is your meaning in your life?
0: This is a hard question for me. Cause it's like you think you would answer this question by just telling people like what your favorite book of like all time is, mm-hmm. but I don't think that's the answer.
1: I don't think so either.
0: Yeah, it's it's a book that you think a large population of the world would enjoy. So it has to be like generic enough.
1: Yeah, or that would have value to people from every different type of situation.
0: Exactly. So I'm picking a nonfiction book, which I don't read a lot of nonfiction yeah. actually but it's called When Breath Becomes Air by Paul Kalanithi. It's just
1: so good and so... I have opinions on this book. I know you do,
0: but I think it's different for you, though, because you come from a world of medicine, but I guess that's not the reason why I would recommend it. I just think it's very eye-opening in terms of putting the world in perspective in a way to better your own life. So basically the book is just about a doctor who becomes a patient because he gets diagnosed with stage four metastatic lung cancer. And so he knows he's going to die. And so he just tries to take in the world to enjoy life as much as he can before he leaves. And it's all nonfiction. I feel like some fiction books like about cancer, like The Fault in Our Stars, can get a little bit cheesy or cringy maybe sometimes the the dialogue that they say but just knowing this comes from like his heart think it makes it a bit more meaningful yeah yeah what are your opinions though I'd like to know
1: well first I want to say that it's funny that we both picked books about mortality Mm -hmm. and I wonder how they would go together this will be interesting to read together. Future book pairing? Yeah, maybe. Death and Dying, season five. <laughs> um, My issue with it, and I read this book a really long time ago, so I may be only remembering a small part of it, but my issue with it is that I think the way he writes about his job and his view on life, glamorize is not the right word, but it valorizes his work a lot. yeah. And if that's his choice, that that's what brings him joy in his last moments, that's fine. But I worry about its implications on the people who read it because a lot of the praise for it, I think, puts him in that kind of hero pedestal. And I think that's manipulative. It, to me, feels a lot like the narrative of calling healthcare workers heroes during COVID when nobody asked for that. It just feels like a... Excusing of how the system abuses its workers and mistreats them.
0: Yeah, now I can I can see that point as well because he definitely talks a lot about his career in the book. Yeah, but
1: and it feels like he's choosing the career over his family, which also didn't sit well with me. But my values aren't other people's values.
0: Yeah, well, you're just gonna have to read the book, listeners, to find out if you're team Neha or a team Shruti.
1: Yeah, tell us who's wrong. (laughs) Our next question is from Instagram. The question is, when browsing, what aspects of a book factor into you buying it? Okay, so you know like Powell's
0: and some other bookstores started doing it now too, where they'll have like little notes from like staff members and being like, I picked this book because blah, 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 blah. That gets me every time. Really? Yeah. And it, it obviously, it's not like I pick it up right away. Obviously, I read the back of the book and see if it's interesting, my type of book. But I've walked away with staff favorites a lot. Hmm. And not all of them became a Neha favorite, but that's fine. I get influenced very easily. So I think when someone's like, this book was amazing, I'm like, okay, say less.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um I I get very influenced by the appearance of books, so I actually really like, I think, the trend nowadays at bookstores. A lot of books are displayed with the cover facing you instead of all the spines in a row, and I like it because I like seeing the cover and being able to, like, see what it's going to be like, and honestly, it makes sense, and I don't think anyone should ever shame anyone for judging a book by its cover because... There's a lot of marketing and effort and creative teams that go into deciding what the cover is going to look like. And the cover for a romance novel is very different than the cover from literary fiction, which is very different than, like, a spy novel. And so all these marketing choices go into the book and give you a better indication of what the vibe of the book is going to be like.
0: But – I think that some people use that to their advantage and do clickbaity covers to like bring in people, but then the book actually sucks.
1: Yeah, there's always going to be outliers. You can't 100% be right with what you pick, but that is a big factor. The other thing, also, is I think I read a lot of reviews and just blogs, and when I start hearing the name of a book multiple times, I usually do more research and we do a lot of research for the podcast before we pick our books and then also for each episode. But I think I do that in my personal reading as well. Like I usually look into a book a decent amount before I decide to read it.
0: Mm -hmm. I will say that when a book has an aesthetic color, that does motivate me to actually buy the book versus like get it from a library or just get it on my Kindle. So in terms of capitalism
1: (laughs) i mean it works like all of us are going to watch barbie like clearly it works
0: (laughs) (laughs) what's a book that changed your life
1: well i think i have an answer i don't know if it changed my life the way you would think of that phrase where like oh my god 180 everything's different but i think my answer would be lonesome dove by larry mcmurtry and i went into this book with no expectations it's a western which i had never really read before nor did i feel the inclination to but it is not just like cowboys and fighting and random sequences it's really character based and it's a super long book it's like a thousand pages so you get time to spend with the characters and their development And then things happen that are sad and devastating. And then some good things happen. I don't know. I just, like, finished that book and I was like, everything's different. Like, I don't know how to describe the experience of reading that book.
0: Yeah. I think for me, again, like like you said, I don't think this book really changed my life per se. That's, like, a bit dramatic, but – this book definitely drastically broadened my reading world because I think, like I mentioned earlier, I don't reach for a lot of nonfiction. It's, I'm I'm sure everybody's read it because I think it's like a high school book club type book in like lit class. The Devil in the White City by Eric Larson. It's really good. I think what's unique about it is that it tells a nonfiction story like a fiction book. And I think it's hard to do, Like history-type books in an interesting way without like overloading you with information and dates and people and Mm. things like that. But yeah, I really like that one.
1: Yeah, I always want to read more nonfiction. I think the barrier for me is that I feel like the purpose of nonfiction is to learn things like facts and history and other things you're interested in, which I really enjoy, but I just feel like there are other avenues for that. Like, podcasts news articles movies documentaries whereas what i get from novels i can't get from any other medium
0: Mm -hmm. yeah i think like fiction books just put you in this world and it's comforting to know that that world doesn't actually exist because the stressful parts you're like oh like this isn't real life so who cares But when it's nonfiction and it's, like, sad things that are happening or tough things that are happening, it affects you mentally to be like, this actually happened to someone and they're writing about it and it's sad. But Devil in the White City is a little bit more fun. It's true crime. So, I mean, who doesn't love true crime?
1: Me. (laughs) (laughs) I do not love true crime. I actually very much dislike it. Okay, our last question from Instagram also. Being in your respective professions, how do you find time to read?
0: I'm going to let you answer since you have a crazy profession.
1: (laughs) So I actually get this question a lot. I just prioritize it. I read in downtime. Like I try to have, sometimes I have books on my phone. I try audiobooks. I don't get into it that much. But I think I just have figured out routines that work for me. So like on weekends or my day off in the morning I'll just spend a couple hours reading and then I carry a book with me everywhere so that if I'm waiting or if I have some downtime I just read it I can be better about it I definitely waste a lot of time on my phone but yeah I think it's just a priority to me like some people feel this strongly about working out they're like I have to work out today otherwise I won't feel good and that's how it is for me with reading like I have to read if I haven't read anything in a week or two it's not I can't deal with it
0: My answer to this question is I don't have time because (laughs) (laughs) this whole year I've been planning a wedding and all of the free time that I have. Actually, when this episode comes out, I think is the weekend of my wedding. So, I mean, anybody who's planned a wedding knows the time and effort and energy that it requires. And this podcast and reading is me time. Even if it's 1230 in the morning, I will force myself to take 20 minutes to mm-hmm. work on the podcast or read a book because it's therapeutic to me. I love it. So here I am.
1: Yeah. So that's a nice way to wrap up. We both just love reading a lot and love talking about reading, which is what we do on this podcast. Our next episode is our first official episode in season two around the world in 80 books. And we are reading The Murmur of Bees by Sophia Segovia. At this point, we've pretty much read all of it and we really enjoyed it. So if you haven't picked up a copy and you were thinking about maybe reading it, I would definitely recommend you to read it so you can listen along. Or if you want to listen to the episode first and then see if it's for you or not, that works too. Thanks for listening to The Tea. We are your hosts, Neha and Shiti, and our music is created by Apurva Koti. We love to hear from you, to so send us book recommendations, episode commentary, or even critical feedback. You can find us on Instagram at thenoveltea.pod or email us at thenoveltea.pod at gmail.com. Until next time, happy reading.